Hey, Pie Tribe, have you gotten your ticket out of the rat race yet? I'm talking about the free guide, Five Ways to Earn $5,000 a Month with Passive Income that could be yours right now. All you need to do is text the word PIE, P-I-E, to 33777 and get your copy today. Hey, Pie Tribe, buckle up for a new episode of the Passive Income Examiner, the number one podcast for budding entrepreneurs and business owners looking to diversify their income with passive strategies. Welcome to season two, focused on building successful online businesses with evergreen marketing solutions. I'm your host, Lindsay Sutherland. Thanks for joining me. Hey, everybody, welcome back to the Passive Income Examiner podcast. Today, we have a special guest, Josh Rhodes, who is the founder of Crypto Y'all. If that doesn't give you a clue, he's from Alabama. We're going to love this episode. (laughs) Josh, it's so good to have you here. Tell us a little bit about yourself, kind of what do you dabble in, so to speak, that is passive income related? You just mentioned a couple there before we got started. Yeah. I mean, I started as a real estate investor and small business owner, still am that, but I discovered crypto in 2017. And I realized, oh my gosh, this is an asset class that you can do really cool things with passively and actively. And so now what I do is I help people who are crypto curious to get into crypto in a safe way because the internet can be a smarmy, swampy place and understand the world and the power of decentralized finance and how to earn yields that are better than the S&P 500. And that's what we do. Awesome. And yes, we are crypto curious because I was telling you beforehand that I've even been curious more about it and I just haven't had the time to dig in and do any research. So I'm excited to pick your brain and see what we can learn today. So, well, do you mind sharing a little bit about your story? Just kind of how you got to this place to begin with? Yeah. I mean, like you said, I'm from Alabama, born and raised, grew up in a very rural setting. One kind of one generation removed from extreme poverty. Things like, you know, my grandma made spaghetti with ketchup sauce, for example. She couldn't afford ragu in a jar and tomatoes weren't always in season. So we would, we did the best we could. And my dad came home from Vietnam, was in the Marine Corps and started a small business, started selling lumber. And made enough money to keep my brother and my mom and I out of poverty. And but we lived in you know uh, modest means. But he was really generous growing up to other people around us, and I was able to see that. And now, as an adult business owner, I try to do the same. And one of the big reasons why I love crypto is because it is a more democratized asset class that allows people to be their own bank. And I believe that it will raise billions of people out of poverty all over the world simply because they don't have access to good financial systems. And this is one that is fully, hopefully, fully decentralized so that people can own assets and own property digital moving forward. So crypto, y'all, what I do as a full-time crypto investor is I manage my portfolio. I have hedge funds and I have an education business where I walk people through the what I call the crypto flywheel, which has three separate wealth building strategies as part of it. So yeah, there's a lot in between there. I've done a lot of real estate investing. I survived the 08 housing crisis as a real estate investor and I've owned several businesses. I've sold a couple of businesses and I'm an investor in other startups. So yeah, a little bit of everything. Be a serial entrepreneur is a good term to use, but doing my best to help other people. 
Mm -hmm. Well, and I'm interested too, because I think, you know, not just the US, but I think the entire world is going to see a major change in the currency and how things are, are, the way our economy is going with the US maybe not being the standard anymore. You know, we've already got China and Russia stepping up to be the big dog on campus, so to speak, you know, in the, in the economic space as what I'm talking about. And, you know, and that could be scary to a lot of people. It could be, what if we have a Venezuela here in the U S some people don't really realize that that is a possibility. How can crypto help people survive that or, or can it, I guess is even the better question. That's a really complex conversation or question. I'll, I'll do my best to Bottom line, it at the end of the day, the Venezuelas of the world and the currency crises that we find ourselves in, particularly with inflation. Some countries obviously suffer from hyperinflation. The United States and Canada hasn't hasn't really gotten into those waters yet, but we we do have record high inflation currently. It has subsided a little bit in the last weeks or months, but it's not over yet. There's a lot of systemic problems economically, geopolitically, macro-wise across the world. I think what we've been experiencing as of late is just kind of like the world economy purging itself from the frothiness of money printing that's happened in the last two and a half, three years. And money printing is the key villain in the story that we find ourselves in. Mm -hmm. Whereas let's just take Bitcoin, for example, you can't print more Bitcoin. There's not more Bitcoin to print. As a matter of fact, there's a fixed supply of Bitcoin that will ever exist, 21 million Bitcoin. And there's probably actually practically even less than that when you count some of the Bitcoin that's locked up in wallets that people don't have access to anymore. And so we're, we probably think there will eventually be only about 14 million Bitcoin that's accessible, which is going to be a supply shock type thing that will always create a store of value that people can escape to. And that's what you see even sovereign nations doing right now. I know that obviously El Salvador and the Central Republic of Congo in Africa, and I think one other country currently try, thinking about adopting it coin as a sovereign or as, as a tender, a legal tender. That doesn't mean it's the exclusive currency, but it's tradable and usable in their everyday economy. But ultimately, the idea of crypto is to create a decentralized world where central governments, corporate thievery, and greed cannot interrupt the sovereign individual's financial landscape, but it really truly provides an open market for capitalism, for example, and free markets to, to thrive. And I think that's a big, awesome breakthrough in innovation. And the reason why it works is because of technology, mm -hmm. quite literally code that allows us to facilitate better, more sound monetary systems than our current ones that are centralized. Mm -hmm. Okay. So for anybody who doesn't know and totally jump in, if I'm off base, I'm getting my facts from Mike Maloney, who I don't know if you know who Mike Maloney is, yeah, but yeah, I've yeah, watched, yeah, yeah, I've I watched a lot of his trainings on gold and silver and the economy and how it's all currency and so on and so on. But he does a whole video on crypto. This is literally the foundation of my experience. But essentially, you know, the US printed a bunch of money and we sent it overseas by buying products from other countries. Well, what's happening is a lot of those countries are saying, hey, your dollar's not worth anything to us anymore. Here, have it back. 
and give us our gold and silver back in return, <laughs> which is yeah. really what the problem is, is now we have too much currency. And I'm just giving everybody a foundation because what you said is so true. You know, it's politicized. It's the, the, the government is in control of our currency. And yeah. this is what's essentially happening. So what's happening is we're getting a flood of currency back here in the U.S., which is causing this inflation. And it could be worse. We don't know what they're going to do. And that's kind of the problem. So yeah. I wanted to lay that foundation so people can understand, I guess, the, the polarization of our current situation and compared it to crypto so they understand why there's a benefit to go deeper into this conversation. But it's an important conversation to have. And it's something that, you know, those people who step up and really start to toe dip and maybe take it a little further could essentially be come out of this whole thing better than other people who maybe don't. You know, they say in the biggest depression is when the most millionaires are made. So, you know, transfer of wealth, right? That's what we're talking about essentially. So tell me, um, Let's get into the meat and potatoes. You know, you've got an educational course, kind of give us the foundation of what people need to know. What are some of the terms? What's a safe way to play and learn through this and, and how that, how can they get started? Yeah, I think the broadest concept that I can provide your listeners with is what I call the crypto flywheel framework. This is what I kind of do a deep dive on with my members in my cohort. I have a training cohort that a few people join from time to time. And I just walk with people kind of like a really high touch handholding environment. But the core curriculum is the crypto flywheel, which includes three wealth building strategies. The first one is cash flow, creating residual income, daily yield. As a matter of fact, the program's called Get Paid Daily for a reason. So there is a part of DeFi and decentralized crypto investing that permits us to make deposits, make investments, and earn daily cash flow or daily yield. That's a big deal because uh, I'll give you a great example. One of my members said, yeah, I've had, you know, I had $20,000 sitting in my Wells Fargo checking account and made 20 cents last month. And I had $100 of a crypto test investment and it made $2 today. So he was like, there's a massive difference here in what's happening. And so creating cash flow is, is the first part of the flywheel. The flywheel being the, the illustration, I actually stole it from Jim Collins' book, Good to Great, where he talks about all great companies have flywheels that create momentum and productivity. And they're the, it's really the essence of what makes them great. And the flywheel, if you're drawing it on a piece of paper, is basically three arrows chasing each other clockwise around a circle. And the first arrow or the first section is cash flow. Then it moves to appreciation, which is where most people start their crypto journey. They usually buy Bitcoin or they buy Ethereum or they buy a silly you know, meme coin like Dogecoin or Shiba Inu or something. And there's just like, okay, it's the crypto lottery machine. You know, I just got my lottery ticket. I'm going to... It's the slot machine. I'm going to be rich someday, somehow. And it's that's fine. It's just basically a buy and hold strategy. And what we teach is like, you need to have like a, almost a religious conviction about what you're investing in there. Is it going to, is it going to have utility? Does it have, do these cryptos that you're investing in have 
impact on saving money for people or businesses, making money for people or businesses, saving time for people or businesses. And if they don't have those kind of utilities, it's going to be really hard for that crypto project to not only survive, but also provide you with any kind of return in the future. Same way of like buying real estate, you know, buying a proper piece of real estate that has income potential. That's what we're looking for in appreciation. But if you think about the flywheel, the cash flow that we earn in the first part of the framework, we could actually use as house money to then move around the flywheel and buy things that we truly believe in. You know, some people listening might really believe in XRP as the future world reserve currency, you know, that replaces the banking SWIFT system. Some people might truly believe in Ethereum as programmable money that all other cryptos can be built upon. Currently, it has about 68% of all cryptos built on it. And so there's things that say, okay, give us confidence that this thing's going to be around for a while, Bitcoin, et cetera. And then the third part of the flywheel is leverage. And this is really kind of more of like the graduate level stuff, but it's what the wealthy do, which is we never sell, the wealthy never sell their assets, they borrow against them. And when they are doing that, they borrow to go buy more cash flowing assets, not boats, not trucks, not cars, not, not travel, but things that actually can create income. And so that is acts as an accelerant to cash flow and appreciation. And so it acts like a little circle of life for your net worth. And the dirty little secret is, is that those three wealth building strategies exist in all of the asset. There's currently, before crypto, there were five asset classes. And now it's kind of the sixth emerging asset class. The, the difference maker is, if I want to go close on a real estate deal, it's going to be four to eight weeks at, at best before I can even get the transaction to complete, much less I've got to find tenants or got to do leases, yada, yada. Cash flowing, it's different. I could take that down payment and go be in a crypto project in the next 20 minutes and be earning a yield that is extremely competitive uh, with real estate or way better than the stock market, et cetera. So there's all kinds of different angles that crypto provides us, velocity and accessibility that other asset classes do not provide. So anyway, I'm not saying it's the only asset class you can invest in, but it's it's the the lion's share of what I invest my portfolio and net worth in. So, and, and it sounds like the pros of this is essentially, yes, you can have your money tied up and appreciating for you, for you but in the meantime, you can also be getting cash flow, which you can then either continue to invest, which you couldn't necessarily do with real estate. Once your money's tied up in the project, you either have to sell it or refinance it. And yeah, you're going to get appreciation there too. But then again, it's unrealized. You can't really borrow against it unless you borrow against it. You know, it's like, this is much more yeah. fluid. It sounds like, so it sounds like a better way to go. And then the third component leverage. So you, are you saying that you could borrow against your equity of crypto? Yeah. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, you can. I like and I would advise obviously it's not financial advice ever, but you know, in the in a bull market, I comfortably borrow against my Bitcoin. I last year in last year's bull market, I bought two rental properties by using my Bitcoin position as leverage. And then I use the rental properties to pay off the loan against my Bitcoin. And so I've one asset begets more assets is the rule of thumb. Fascinating. Um, 
Yeah. And there's ways to do that safely and there's ways to do that ridiculously dangerously. And so it that's why I said you, you have to approach it with sobriety and with really thought through skill. Typically bear markets like we find ourselves in now uh, liquidate institutions who are over leveraged, which has happened a lot since March and April. Some big liquidations, some big bankruptcies. And some companies that were in over their skis, didn't manage their balance sheets very well, and the market punished them for it. Mm. That can happen to individuals as well, but not if you play your, your cards right. And it's actually very easy not to be you know, too risky. You, you always have control over the decisions that you make. That's good. But you also have to have some foundation for what you're doing. I think that's the part that's the scariest for people is it's like yeah. the wild, wild west, you know, and you don't know really... Yeah. what you don't know. And so where can people go to get this information? Let's start with that. And then let's maybe give them a couple tips to, to start with. Yeah. I mean, crypto investing is a skill to acquire. It's not something you stumble into, you know, the, the, the great part about it is that it's accessible. You know, you, you can invest in it fractionally. You can start with 20 bucks if you want to, and you can throw 20 grand into it, 200 grand, 2 million, whatever you have or want in, uh, you know, you can afford to have as a residual, don't need it for power bills and groceries. You can invest fractionally. The reason why I started Crypto Y'all was to provide a safe place for people who, when you go on the internet and you start researching crypto, it can be a swampy place. You don't know who you can trust on TikTok and YouTube, and there, it's just hard. And so what I'm trying to do with Crypto Y'all, and people can go to CryptoYall.com and join my newsletter for free, or maybe join one of my workshops where I show a live demo of how I do crypto farming and, and earn daily income. You can see me harvest it in real time. But I try my best to, to provide kind of like merging the Southern hospitality and take care of your neighbor philosophy that I grew up in in my household with the greatest financial technology in history. And so that we can all be friends and talk about complex issues and simplify them and help each other make more money. And so that's what me and my community do for each other. I, one of the greatest parts about what I love about my program is I make more money off of my community recommendations than I do my own recommendations now, simply because we have a brain trust. You know, it's like a scalable market intelligence community. There's about 200 of us that have skin in the game and we're using the same framework and mindset as we approach the market. And, uh, but you can go to cryptoyall.com and join my newsletter and see my free training and download some, some cool tools and resources for free. But I think what people, yeah, I think you're right. People need a, they need a foundation. They need a, something to stand on. And a lot of times people just need to like buy some Bitcoin and Ethereum just to like, even if it's 20 bucks, like just most of the time people who pay, pay attention. And if you've got some skin in the game, that's not, you know, like I said, money that you're paying your power bill with, it allows your brain to go, you know what, I'm going to actually pay attention to this. I'm going to understand this. If you're, if you really want some foundational information, anyone on the planet can go to Bitcoin.org and download the white paper that the founder wrote. I think it's about, if I can't, if I recall, I think it's 11 pages. It's, it's super nerdy. It, but it's the foundational document that explains all things Bitcoin. Another great resource, Fidelity Investment. They have about $10 trillion of assets under management. They, along with Grayscale, BlackRock, 
and a few others are the largest money managers on the planet. And they came out with a paper this year called Bitcoin First. And they're just calling Bitcoin a superior form of money. It's about a 26-page paper. You can download it for free on if you Google it. It's there and they have analysts dedicated to this entire asset class. So those are some things that they could read through. They could grab some of my resources. I'll keep them up to speed. But yeah, you really just want to understand what you're getting into. And then once you see it, it's almost like the red pill in the matrix. Like you, once you realize that we're living in a matrix and there's actually a real world on the other side of the fiat money system that we were brought up in, that's when you actually have a great awakening. Well, and it tells me a lot just knowing that these huge financial companies are investing so much time and energy into this asset class. You know, that tells you a couple of things for anybody who's had any skepticism, like, is it even a real thing? Is it going to go away? I mean, I don't really think so. If you have this kind of attention happening on such a huge scale, it doesn't seem like it's going away. In fact, you know, I think it's actually going to be interesting. Personally, I'm curious to see how it plays into the, the value of gold and silver because gold and silver has always been the standard. And I'm curious to see how that changes and if it affects, you know, any of that. It's just really interesting. Everything's like moving around right now. <laughs> it's like, I just yeah. keep watching it. <laughs> um, yeah, it's an interesting little horse race that we find ourselves in with, with the different commodities and asset classes. And I mean, one development recently, you know, BlackRock partnering with Coinbase, that's a big deal because if, BlackRock is wanting to give its institutional investment portfolio clients access and exposure to Bitcoin or crypto. And, crypt and Coinbase is basically saying, yeah, we'll provide the infrastructure for those exchanges. If BlackRock only allocated two and a half percent of their institutional portfolios to, to Bitcoin, only two and a half percent, Kathy Wood's group, ARK Investments, and a lot of other NASDAQ-based funds are predicting that that would immediately skyrocket the price of Bitcoin beyond $200,000 per coin. Mm -hmm. So it, it, and if that happened, the other altcoin ecosystem, everything Ethereum and under would just go through the roof and it would be probably one of the largest exchanges of wealth in, in human history. Yeah. So tell us like, okay, right now there's probably a lot of people out there, like you said, who bought and just kind of let their, their money just sit there, right? They've got their coins yeah. and kind of watch their coins go up and down. They talk about it. How can somebody be more strategic and get that cash flow on the daily? I mean, is that, is it like day trading yeah. where you need to go in and really be in hands in or how does that work? That's a really good question. So I call it crypto farming. Some people call it yield farming, but there's an interesting thing that has happened because of the innovation of DeFi. Warren Buffett talks about productive and non-productive assets. And an example he gave was non-productive was like a block of gold. You know, a block of gold is an asset. It's a, it's, it's a store of value, but it can't make any more gold itself. He said, but you can go buy a farm and a farm will have land and equipment, and that's an asset, but it also can have crops and livestock and produce, and that it can create cash flow. That's a productive asset. A farm is a productive asset. So one of the great dynamic features of crypto is that it can be a, a productive asset. But if you don't use it in a farm, in a crypto farm, it's just a non-productive asset that it can go up in value. 
but it's a one dimensional or a single dimensional asset that has a positive or negative price action. Okay. Well, that's that that can be exciting over time. But if you want more excitement and you want to use the rule of 72 that we all learned about in high school, which is compound interest, then you can actually anticipate in a in a separate banking system called DeFi, decentralized finance. And that's where we take our deposits, take our investments, and we deposit them into decentralized protocols or crypto investment projects. And, and they will reward us for providing them liquidity. They need liquidity to be able to swap uh, different currencies with each other and to provide treasury for enhancements and underwriting the growth of the crypto network, the said crypto network. And in return... Instead of Wells Fargo, Bank of America, J.P. Morgan Chase keeping all of the yield to themselves and giving us 20 cents on our 20 grand in the checking account, the decentralized platform is on a blockchain. It's ran by algorithms that don't sleep. And so it's able to harvest yields with the larger liquidity pool and then give us a share or our slice of it methodically, daily, algorithmically. And we're just earning daily yield more like, I mean, you can be as conservative and as, as aggressive and risky as you want to as well. It's like Baskin Robbins, 31 flavors. Like you can go in and you can invest in stable coins that don't go up and down in price. And you can earn, you know, 15, 12% a year and just kind of compete with the, with the S and P 500 and inflation, or you can earn 100% annual percentage yield or 500% APY. And, you know, the, the more aggressive those APYs are, the more speculative those investments are can be. And so you've got to do your own research. You've got to have a rubric and a framework of how to assess the validity and the roadmap of a crypto investment. And that's what we do in our community is just providing a lens so that you know how to kick the tires and lift the hood and do the diagnostic checklist on what is, what are we getting into here? But yeah, this is this is the eye opener that I usually this is just math. I didn't come up with this, but if you take five thousand dollars and this is just a round figure, a five thousand dollar balance today, and every year you double it, you double that balance in twelve years. I believe it it comes out to about twenty million, and that's the rule of seventy two. That's 100% a year we're making. And a lot of people that listen to this might gasp because we were brought up to think that the gold standard of returns is 12 to 15% from the S&P 500. And that's just the difference between then and now. And so now we are able to go out and if you want to double your money, basically if you have 0.266% a day, return on your capital, that comes out to about 100% a year. And that's how you can methodically double money. Again, on a mathematical level, you can break out the spreadsheets and the calculators and double check my math. Maybe it's 0.27% a day, but that's what crypto farming is. It's not, it's not sexy. It's not exciting. It's just really daily going in, takes less than 30 minutes a week to manage your crypto farms and you're basically going in, harvesting your dollars or your, your crypto that you've earned in the last 24 hours, and then redepositing it back into the capital liquidity so that you can continue to earn yield on top of yield. And that's kind of the strategy in the cash flow part of the flywheel. So 
that's what allows people to go out and get the record breaking yields. And a lot of times people just need to get started with a little bit, you know, mm -hmm. and just get their feet wet, earn some, get some feedback loops, get confident, become self-reliant, feel technically sound. And once you get it, once you get the, the hang of it, it's uh, second nature. But what happens when all of the crypto is mined? I mean, I know that is a little bit ways out, but it is inevitable. Yeah. You know, what What then? Depends on which blockchain we're talking about. Depends on which crypto it is. You know, the deflationary networks like Bitcoin that's limited. By 2030, we'll pro all the miners will be out of business. They'll be, it'll be done. That's, that's kind of how it works. Currently, Ethereum is going through a monumental merge. It's, it's changing. It's quite literally, it's changing its DNA from proof of work to proof of stake. What that means is that there will no longer be Ethereum mining per se on the, on the main Ethereum network. And so what happens? Well, there's a lot of different ramifications for different people in the food chain. Miners will be most affected in those situations than regular retail investors would be. Retail investors have a lot to gain from the limited supply aspect and the supply shock, because that usually drives up prices, which gives you more leverage in the marketplace. But then there, are, you know, there's over eighteen thousand different crypto altcoins out there. Altcoin being anything besides Bitcoin. So, the way I would tell everyone to think about it, though, is like all of these altcoins are basically software companies. They are all just using blockchain technology. A new, it's kind of like going back to the late '90s and going, "Oh, Amazon! I'm I'm going to buy some stock in Amazon." Very similar mindset. Not technically the same at all, but conceptually, that's kind of archetypically what we're what we're into. I mean, that makes sense because I mean, listening to you, I, I was equating it to you're investing in a business and getting a daily return, essentially. I mean, yeah. that's kind of what you're doing. So it makes yeah. sense. And if you know what to expect, you know that the the farming is going to kind of curtail itself around 2030. Well, get in now, figure it out, make a profit and figure what's next. You know, it's like at least you can see it coming, which is also kind of a relief in a way. So smart. I mean, it really is smart. It's pretty cool, actually. Okay. Well, I mean, that's a lot of really good information. We had like a really awesome conversation. I think a lot of people are going to be like, oh, wow, this has definitely opened my, it opened my eyes to it. I didn't even realize you can invest in the mining part of it. I just assumed there were some really smart people somewhere who figured it out and were doing <laughs> it for themselves. Yeah. <laughs> so that's pretty neat to know. Well, is there anything that we didn't cover that you think is important? I mean, let's just touch on that for a second. I think it's important for everyone, if you whether you're in crypto or you're not in crypto, you know, most of the people that I interact with, it's usually one or two, one of two people. They're they've never bought any crypto ever, or they bought Bitcoin or Ethereum a couple of years ago, but they don't really have a framework or a strategy that they're moving with. I would encourage everyone to understand a couple of things. Number one, you're early still. Yes, Bitcoin's been around for 13 years, but we are on the front end of the bell curve, of the adoption curve. Crypto is moving at meteoric speed. It is pacing with the adoption speed of the internet and mobile phone technology. Analysts produce those numbers monthly. And it's an opportunity to, get a, to be a part of. It's not something to be scared of. It's also not something to abuse, just like any other investment strategy. It's important to do your own research and to have confidence in, in moving forward. So find someone who already knows what they're doing and partner with them, whether that's me or anyone else that has made money and has 
a, a sound investment strategy that fits your risk tolerance. And you can be as risky or as conservative as you want to be. You don't have to bungee jump crypto invest, but you also can just do boring stuff and make methodical returns. So my biggest, my biggest encouragement would be to just get in the game, take action and learn by feedback loops. Mm-hmm. Well, and it sounds like you have a proven system, at least to give people some education and guidance so that they can feel a little bit more confident in moving in that direction. And I think that's a yeah. smart thing to do. Even if this isn't going to be your primary passive income strategy or investment strategy, it's definitely worthwhile to be in the game. I agree. Okay, good deal. And they can find you at Crypto Y'all. Looks like you're on LinkedIn too. Sounds great. I mean, everybody, I signed up for your newsletter. I'm like, hey, I'm I'm down. I want to learn more. I mean, clearly I, I'm curious or I wouldn't ask these kinds of questions. So. Yeah. <laughs> Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. It's been a great one. Thanks, Lindsay. It's an honor.